0: let's hit it well hi everyone and welcome to Alzheimer Speaks Radio I'm your host Lori LeBay and I'm so excited that you're joining us today We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you
1: think about.
0: Welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. If you enjoyed the opening music, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, featuring Maya Door, and you can download it on any of your favorite platforms. For those of you that are new to more Alzheimer's Sound speaks. Information, not just sound bites, our goal is to raise all voices, big and small, all around the world. So that means people who are diagnosed, those that care and serve them, advocates, researchers, and more. And I always have to thank you, our listeners. You see, your likes, your clicks, and shares have broadened our footprint big time all around the world. And so I just want you to know how much we appreciate your likes, your clicks, your shares. You truly are making a big difference, not just for us, but for all the people needing this sound information, not just with Alzheimer's Speaks Radio but our blog, our YouTube channel, our events, and so much more. So I hope you continue again to go to alzheimerspeaks.com and like and click and share and spread the word of our work. That's what we're about, building a sense of community, sharing knowledge that can help all of us. And I think that's really the only way we're going to win the battle against Alzheimer's disease and dementia is working together. Now, before I introduce our guests today, I always have to give a shout out to the Memory Cafe directory because I adore them. For those of you that don't know what a Memory Cafe is, it's a support group. I like to call it really a gathering of friends versus a support group um, for people diagnosed and their care partners. And they're just fascinating. They're all a little bit different there's over 900 of them now, but you can find them on Memory Cafe Directory. And given that we're in the midst of um, COVID 19, you know, people aren't gathering, but many have converted to virtual cafes like mine, the one that I do for Arthur's uh, Memory Cafe in Minnesota. And you don't have to be in Minnesota to join us. So please go to Memory Cafe Directory and you'll find more information out there. You can also go to our main website, Alzheimer Speaks, and find out information about recent shows, um, like you're listening to now. You can find out about Dementia Chats, which are facilitated conversations I do with those experts living with the disease, and also our Dementia Quick Tips and some events. I want to give a shout out to Coral Health, because they're doing something cool during COVID. They are allowing people to download the Music First app and Choral Faith app for free. And last, I want to just give a big shout out to the GAIN Alzheimer's trial. And, um, you know, this is a great opportunity for people who are diagnosed with Alzheimer's and who have a care partner who are between 55 and 80 to really make a difference. So go to GAIN. Trial.com. That's GameTrial.com. Well, I'm so excited to introduce you to our guests today, but instead of me introducing them, I'm going to have each of them introduce themselves because they can do such a better job. These two are icons um, around the world. They're doing fabulous, fabulous work. And so we are really, really thrilled to have Norms McNamara and Jane Moore with us and Norms I'm going to have you go ahead and introduce yourself first if you don't mind
2: no that's fine hello everybody my name's Norms McNamara I'm the founder of the global purple angel dementia campaign and uh, I was diagnosed with dementia nearly it will be 11 years ago now Um, we believe in community we believe in the roots and the ground roots of people making a change from there because All the way through history, changes have been made by the people and not by the governments. And this is what we do with the Purple Angel. Um, And one of the main things that we do with the Purple Angel is it's absolutely free. Whatever we do is absolutely free. We don't charge. And it's quite unique around the world, but we're proud to do so.
0: Well, and what's interesting about the Purple Angel, just for those that didn't know, is... Norms was told like multiple times, this is never gonna work, it's never gonna fly, and we're gonna dive deeper, and you're gonna hear how far and wide and how many people are involved with this as ambassadors. I mean, it's really, really been something. Um, Jane, do you wanna give people a little background on yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, hi everybody. Um, I, I live about two hours journey from Norms, and we met on the internet um on a dementia aware site um i was caring for my mum at the time and he was asking for somebody to make him a logo for raising awareness around his shots so i doodled an angel and if you can see that all right yeah that was the original angel and norm added some flair to it and together we've contrived the purple angel global global movement
0: yeah, it's it's just been uh, unbelievable. I I've met both both of these two. Um needless to say on the internet because I'm in the US. And uh they are across the pond as we say. Um Norms, I want to ask you just to give people a little bit of background about your dementia, what you were originally diagnosed with and and where you're at with things right now.
2: Yeah, I was originally diagnosed with the Alzheimer's type disease. <coughs> uh, but because the hallucinations were becoming more prominent, and the night terrors, um, I was very lucky. I had a wonderful consultant who got me readmitted and retested. And uh, we had a specialist consultant came down from Newcastle where they do some research in Lewy bodies. And once he seen me, he, he diagnosed me with the Lewy bodies type dementia and not the armor timeless type. Um, this, I always say, it's a beast of a, of a disease, but each type is just as bad as each other. I don't think there's any worse than the other. Um, each is as bad as each other. Um, but the living body disease is can be quite different because you can be um, quite cognitive and quite well at different parts of the day, but as the sun goes down, as in Sunday and and then the evening, you, you become quite unwell. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's not every night. It can be some nights, or it could be seven nights on the chart. Um, I hallucinate, which is not dreaming. It's when I'm awake and I see people and uh, things that aren't there. Um, when I have night terrors, it's on the XXX scale. It's not anything like you've seen at the movies, things that I don't really talk about um, apart from my wife. And even then, I don't, sometimes it's that bad I don't talk about them. Um, when you go visiting people and you're staying over, in the good old days when we could stay over, <laughs> at, other people, <laughs> at other people's houses, uh, Jane herself was over screen and shout during the night when we stayed at the cottage, you know. Um, I've been nearly 11 years now and at the moment, you know, these past few weeks, well past few months have been tough. You know, it's getting harder and harder. Um, But I can't complain because I've had so long compared to some. And there are so many people who have had this 20, 25 years and longer. You know, and God bless them. You know, and I hope it lasts even longer than, you know, they they do well for longer than that. Um, So I have no complaints. um, Apart from don't shout at me because I'm doing well. You know? (laughs) And I will never apologize for doing well. So, yeah, and when you when just so
0: people know, when he says, "Don't shout at me," Norms has been um, attacked and bullied on the internet as as many have been, and people are shocked when they hear that. Well, why would somebody do that? And it's it's because it's an invisible disease, and people don't see all the symptoms all the time, and so uh, some people think that it's a that it's a sham because. He's walking and talking, and he's, you know, heading up this movement. And how can that be? And and uh, it, it's really quite sad. And uh, as an advocate myself, to to hear some of these stories that so many have been um, bullied is is quite sad. And so we just need more education. You know, that that makes me take a stand even more. Uh, you know, to to get things changed and get people. To understand you know, what the disease is like. Um, others I think sometimes get um, upset because maybe their loved one isn't doing as well for as long. And they think everyone who has it should be on the same schedule as their loved one. And, and I think one of the things we we all understand very well is, you know, everybody goes through this disease different. Um, that's a person diagnosed, that's the family members. That's the doctors and the care workers. I mean, you know, it it's everybody has different impressions and and um and things. So but I just wanted to clarify clarify that because your your work is so important and I, I it's just amazing what you've accomplished.
2: Well well people, you know, like yourself and other people have said like as you as you quite rightly say, on, you know when we began this and up to a few years ago, they said it will never, never take off. It will never, ever take off because of the way you're doing it, because we're doing it for free, because we raise all our own funds, you know, because we ask people to join in, we ask them to do it for free. And um, of course, we've them all wrong from Lords, from MPs, members of parliaments. Uh, I've had sat across the table and said, you can't do it like that, no one. It won't work like that. Um, I would love to meet them again maybe one day and say, oh, yes, it does. Because we've proved that we have. Well, pure, we can. We're the only people who hold a world rock against dementia on a global scale every year and have done for seven years. And people around the world, thousands upon thousands of people around the world join in. This has never, ever been done before. You know, and we don't want the recognition for it. We don't want the plaudits. We just want to carry on doing what we're doing. And hopefully, get more countries and more people involved. We didn't have one this year for obvious reasons, for safety reasons because of COVID, uh, but we're building up to next year, next year and uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, everything will be out by then. We've already got interests from around the world, you know, and uh, it's becoming very exciting, even now, and it's only June. You know, and this is all what people said we couldn't do, you know. Well, Jim will tell you better, probably, than me, that. We have well over a thousand ambassadors worldwide, in so many different countries. And I really do think, and I don't mind saying this, and I know my steering group won't mind me saying this, um, but even there, I don't think grasp how big the Purple Angel is, because they still think, oh, it's Devon, it's UK. It's I don't think they really fully understand what goes on around the world, you know. Uh, but we're getting there. We're getting there. We're convincing them. Well,
0: and I think the, the beauty of the Purple Angel is that you've made it simple and you've allowed people to be creative. And to me, that's one of the, the biggest problems we have in industry and in business is we scout uh, in, and um, dub down the creativity and for people to try out new ideas or, or um, leverage what they're good at. And, and you've allowed that to happen. And, and so people feel empowered, they feel heard, they see the difference, and, um, it, you know, and they pull in all their resources. And a lot of times it's not money that's needed, it's voices, it's contacts, it's you know, inroads, it's ideas, it's um, people to do some of the grunt work, you know? <laughs> and people don't mind doing any of that when they feel that they're a part in making a difference. Um, I also think, you know, one of the the big things too is, you know, a lot of the larger organizations are always after money, you know, and they're going to do this and they're going to do that and you give the money, but you don't really know what's happening with the money. And, um, and it's just, it's writing a check. It's not necessarily I don't want to say it's not heartfelt, because for, for some it is, but some it's not. Um, some it's kind of writing away their guilt. But, um, you know, with this, people are, it, it, they're just, they're in it at a whole different level. You know, and they're excited about it. And that's how I, the conversation to me has, has just expanded. Understanding that just having a conversation
2: is one of the most important things we can do. Yeah, and, and the excitement and enthusiasm that comes along with it. Um, yeah, they have big companies, they do things. They say they do things, then sometimes you don't see the end result. With a purple angel, we like to say we're doing something. When we do it, we do it. And then we tell people what we've done and what the results are. And if it's worked, it's worked. And if it's not, we're very honest and said, no, that didn't work. You know, uh, it didn't quite come off. But, you know, as luck has it, a lot of a lot of stuff we've done has worked well. Well, that's because I always have a saying, if you surround yourself with good people, then good things happen. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think the other thing is, um, you know, the way you and Jane work is you're really fluid.
2: You I would know, be lost without
0: her. You know, it's, uh, and that to me makes a really, really big difference. Um, Jane, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history, if you don't mind, you know, with your own own mother and how you got
1: involved. Uh, in in the world of dementia, yeah. Um, my mother came to live with us in Cornwall in the UK in 2006. Uh, sorry, 2005. In 2006, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and vascular type dementia. So I was not prepared to care, and I think there are many around the world who are in the situation that I found myself in. I have a husband. I had a life, and I—it was all wiped out in one go. Um, Nobody can really be prepared for what it's like to care for your parent or sibling or or whatever. Um, I have worked in a care home, and it's—it's not like it's not the same. It's extremely different. Um, Mum and I started off raising awareness together in Camelford, where we live, and Mum gave a, a lovely interview on the. Television. She told the world that you could cure dementia by drawing. And in a, in a in a strange way, you can do a lot towards helping yourself if you have something that you have joy in doing, whether it be singing, whether it be art, uh, gardening. We did a lot of gardening together. Um, <laughs> my husband coined the phrase. Uh, When somebody asked him what a plant was from the garden, he'd say, "Oh, well, you know, how do you plant it?" He'd say, "Oh, green side up." (laughs) Well, my mum insisted on putting the green side down when we were potting on seedlings, and we had fun together. It was great fun. We had our cat sat in the hanging basket, and I think if you make joy in your lives, if you can, then I think that goes a long way towards helping you to understand and to give that empathy that they need. And keep active, keep involved. And that's what we did. And we walked around the shops. We prepared a bulletin for all the shops. I visit um, over 700 shops and businesses here every year with a little bit more dementia information each time. I had to stop um, carting my mum around, if you like, because she would tell everybody that she had that Alzheimer's once. And I didn't feel my message was quite getting across, um, but lover, you know she was she was smashing, and we 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 had some good fun. I saw a very different side of my own mother. I know what she did behind the bike shed when she was younger. <laughs> I really want to know that kind of thing, but you meet a different person. Um, it was quite an experience, and she passed away uh, four years ago. So she was ten years with her dementia. Um, and I've managed to rescue the marriage, that's okay now, uh, thanks to a very, very good, solid husband. But uh, for 10 years, he struggled with it the same as I did. We, we couldn't go out anywhere. Mum wouldn't have anyone in to care for her at all. And if we went out, it was a disaster. She'd be walking about on icy pavements in her nightie. I, I just couldn't leave her for 10 years. And I don't think anybody realizes the impact that it has on the whole family. Um, so that's that's my story. I became co-founder with Norms, and um, I'm supporting what in whatever we can do, you know. But really and truly, it's the ambassadors, and there are many more than a thousand now because a lot of people don't come back to me and say yes, I am an ambassador. They they take the information and they run with it. Um, Some have downloaded from Alzheimer's Speaks, obviously, and and they do their own thing. So I have actually no idea how many ambassadors exactly there are. I can prove about a 1,020. But without them, there would be no Purple Angel. So my thanks goes to every every single one of them. Uh, Whichever way they're working, they're all raising awareness. Most of them are carers or people with dementia. They have experience and that is, this, that is the valuable thing, the experience, really.
0: Well, and I think one of the things, too, that, that I love about what you guys do is, you know, you're not focused on the numbers, and I think so many times <clears throat> corporations are focused on the numbers, and when you focus on the numbers, your, your outcomes, a lot of times, can be very, very different, and And you can be misunderstood, those numbers can be interpreted in many ways, and I'll use myself as an example. Um, For those of you that don't know, my mom had dementia for 30 years, and that's how I got into this space, because I felt that we could do better. I thought that we could, that there had to be more people like uh, myself and my family, and my mom's been gone for six years now. And... You know, I look back and think not all that much has changed, but yet a lot has changed. But we have a a long, long ways to go. But a lot of the change has really happened even on a more significant scale just even in the last five years. And I've been doing this about 10 now. But, you know, for me, you know, you could look at like Google Analytics and go, oh, you know, what's, what's Alzheimer's Speaks numbers? And they don't, you know, they don't look all that great. But yet, in what was it, 2012, Dr. Oz did a different type of, of matrix, and he really kind of followed who grabbed what information and how far did it go out. Um, and you haven't had somebody do that with the Purple Angel. Mm-hmm. But I think if you did, you'd find a similar thing. And they were, like, shocked at how far things traveled. But be- it was because, I think we're all talking from an authentic voice, we're all trying to help, we're all saying you too can help, every person at every level can make a difference, and you allow them to do that, and and that to me is the, the significance in really making change, and empowering people, um, and they're just so excited to get this information, if it's the Purple Angel, if it's the Memory Cafe, if it's your MP3s, which we'll talk about all these things, um, people just get so excited. But I'm sure you guys hear this too. I'll have people call up and say, You know, our group, we're looking at doing a Purple Angel. And I'll, I'll never forget one woman, and she says, You know, I really want to do this, but my group says I can't. I can't be a facilitator. And I said, Well, why is that? And she says, Well, I'm I'm not a nurse and I'm not a social worker. And I said, so? And she said, well, they said, and I said, you know, no, people don't want necessarily a medical model. They want a place that they're accepted, they're understood, and they're looked at like a person. And by the time we were done with our conversation, she was so excited. She's like, I can do this. I'm going back. I mean, because she had been so beat up, told that it had to be done a certain way. And, um, you know, and I find that fascinating. The other thing I find fascinating too is a lot of times you'll get groups and they're so excited, everybody wants to be involved, let's say in the memory cafe. But, you know, sometimes that overwhelms the cafe because there's more of them than there are people. Mm-hmm. And that can that get uncomfortable in stuff too. So, um, but it's fun to see the enthusiasm, you know, behind everything. And when when things are are free, and people are doing it out of their goodness of their heart, you don't have to necessarily worry about, well, what if we don't get funding next year? You know,
2: that, that's off the plate, because yeah. people are there for a different reason. They do, it, they do it because they want to do it. Yeah. We don't look at them as employees or anything like that. You know, the friends of ours, the volunteers, and I think people have got to remember whatever, Volunteer, whatever your organization is, I think they've got to remember that that's exactly what they are volunteers. They are giving their own free time up. So they don't have to stick by whatever. And they don't have to. We're all sensible, we're all grown ups. We all know what's right and what's wrong. You know, and I think to give them that freedom to explore, and to do things different and say to us, hey, no I'd like to try this next week. Is that okay? And we'll say, yeah, great, go with it. And it's a huge success. You know, um, when I was when I was working, when I was employed, I was a manager, and I applied the same thing with the staff. I empowered them. You know, I said, well, how would you like to see your section? How would you like to see it work? Go and sort it all out and come and talk to me and see if you can sort it all out. How would you like to order your own things in your section? You know what's there, I don't. You know what's best what's not. Why don't you take over the order, Nickelberg? And it empowers them. And then they take a pride in what they do. So what, what we did, we, employed, we applied that, or I applied that, to the Purple Angel thesis and saying, this is what we should do. We should give the people the power to say, listen, do, do what you do best. Or as they said in one famous movie, go do that voodoo that you do so well. You know, <laughs> just do it, let them do it. And then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then you advise them and we try another way. But it's great because it gives them a freedom, you know, and it gives them that levity. it gives them that um that they really enjoy because they know they can explore different avenues. And I think that's the difference between probably the purple angel and maybe some others. Yeah. Um,
0: Jane, can you explain to people what the purple angel is and how they get it and
1: and how you're updating people? Right. Um with with the Purple Angel, we send out a letter to begin with to anybody who wants to become an ambassador. Um, we give information on how to visit shops and businesses by taking information to those shops, and then a couple of weeks later, you return and if all the staff have read the information, they get a Purple Angel sticker for their window. It's very simple. But not at all ambassadors raise awareness in that way. It's that, that's just a lead in and it's a very good way to get a community to, to back you, to be behind you. Some of our ambassadors run memory cafes, as you well know. <laughs> uh, I run my own top town memory cafe. We have about 40 people there. Um, we are postponed at the moment, but we are working online for those who have a computer. And I find that's quite difficult because the age group we're dealing with, a lot of people don't want to use a computer at all. We've we've tried various computer sessions at the cafe. And they're just really not interested. So it's very difficult to get in touch with people while this COVID is on. But we've also been sending out um, a regular monthly quiz newsletter to everybody. We've sent um, little Be Happy bags we've sent out and we are just in the process now of sending out a raffle ticket each month for a hamper, which is delivered with social distancing, of course, Um, just to try and keep the cafe alive, and I think it's working. The people are really looking forward to coming back.
0: Well, that's good. I know, you know, I had heard about the Memory Cafes first through Norms, and then you connected me with David Light, who's no longer with us, and And he is so gracious, I mean, and just, I was just amazed because here in the US, everything is bought and paid for, you know? I mean, everything's proprietary, I shouldn't say everything, but a heck of a lot of it is. And he was, you know, he rewrote the guidelines and took uh, your S's out and put our Z's back in, and what terms you use for this? And, you know, we, um, when I started the the Memory Cafe, that I have, we did it a little bit differently because we didn't have funding and things. And it took us a while to get it off because people off the ground, because people didn't know what it was. And I hate to even call it a support group, though it's a lovely support group, but to me it's really a gathering of friends. And the difference in the mentality of the group um, is, is pretty huge. Like originally we thought we'd do some education and then we'd kind of do some chit chat and our group, and, and again, what I love about it is, you know, you allow people the flexibility to do what their community needs. And so for our group, um, they said, you know, we don't, need the, we don't need the education part. There's a lot of education we know that's going on. We don't necessarily know where it is. If you can gather that and give it to us, we'll go to those things. But we just really enjoy talking with our friends you know, and not having an agenda, because you don't have an agenda when you sit with your friends, you go with the flow, and you meet the needs, and you allow everybody, you know, a fair space and time without, you know, looking at your watch going, okay, time's up Click. you know, I mean, it's not, it's not like that, it's, it's fluid, um, you know, we thought we would have a group where, um, instead of, and, and for people that don't know, it's for people with dementia and their care partners, you know, to live together. And one of the things that we got pushed back from initially was, well, you can't have them together. I'm like, well, where do you think they are the other 99% of their day? They're together. You know, why can't we live graciously together? Why can't we have hard conversations together and, and still laugh and cry and support one another and hear about all of life, you know? And so to me, I when people say, you know, what is a memory cafe? I tell them, to me, it's like a bowling league or a bridge club. You don't show up for the equipment. You show up for the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's kind of the one thread. No matter how a cafe is structured, people feel part of a group. They feel part of a community. They feel purposeful. And, and they can walk in thinking oh, I don't know if I want to go, you know, or one wants to go and the other one doesn't. Um, But I have found that if not after the first meeting, by the second meeting, I could push them in front of a news anchor and they would spill their guts and be one of the biggest advocates where before they weren't even (laughs) saying the word or admitting that they were dealing with that. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's astounding the changes, you know, that happen our group grew from one group to three groups and now we're down to one group and we're doing that virtually um in some people it's too complicated to to um attend um some of them are even having trouble dialing in by by the phone mm-hmm. and um and yet we still have a core group that that gets a lot of value out of it our we we would meet um, twice a month for two hours and now we're down to twice a month for about an hour hour and a half depending on the size of the group um but our group like i said has dwindled down and people are like well what are you doing wrong i'm like we're not doing anything wrong there's more groups around us popping up and, and and that's okay we don't have to do it all you know and but right away it's like what's wrong you know and it's like nothing's wrong nothing's wrong it's this is a good thing that they have more choice and maybe there's a better day or time or you know they you know because um, we have people driving an hour one way to get to us in the beginning you know and that's a, I mean that's a full daytime commitment you know with something like that and and people shouldn't have to drive that far so um, you know, I know here in the U.S., um, Dave has the Memory Cafe directory, and I believe there's over 900 of them now. That it, just in the U.S., but he's starting to pull other countries' lists together as well, um, and have
2: other resources on there. And am be again. Uh, what the very first memory cafe in America? Mm-hmm. Yep. That yep. was yourself.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, you know, in uh, Fox Valley was really close behind, um, and Yuta um, Lugvig had an Alzheimer's cafe, but that was a really different concept
1: and yeah. a different
0: yeah. name, and so, you know, people can go, well, were you really, and it's like, you know what, it, I, didn't, I didn't say we were the first because it was an ego thing. But I wanted to get attention of people that there's a new service here, and you need to look at it.
2: Yeah, you need yeah. to
0: look at it. And so, you know, that's really what, why I created Alzheimer Speaks was to raise the voice and to share resources all around the world. You know, and from that, you know, we got involved with the dementia friendly um, community movements. Yeah. you know we launched the that one we were the first one in the U.S. to launch that and that was in Wisconsin not in my state Minnesota because I couldn't find anybody to buy in but in Wisconsin <laughs> um, I did and uh, you know with the Lutheran Home Association and you know that was astounding too because it was kind of the same thing as the Purple Angel people were like well you can't do it we've been trying to do this for you know years and <clears throat> we had our big kickoff meeting and people came from like seven counties out to, to see what we were doing. And they're like, how are you doing this? How did you get started? You know, we've been, we've been getting together for two years and we don't have a mission statement. It's like, kick it to the curb and just start doing something, you know, stop with the criteria and just make <laughs> a
2: difference. You know, I can say even, even in public and I will say this in public, but, that is one of the reasons why the Purple Angel was created, because I was heavily involved with another big organization who shall be named nameless, but they probably know who they are. And every time I went to a meeting, they were talking about a meeting, about a meeting, about a meeting. And they never got anywhere. And then one, one weekend we met the Bishop of Crediton, or the Bishop of Exeter, that was it, in this big, massive place. And um there was about nine groups and there was one particular group which was part of this bigger group and they said we are really pleased to say we've been going for four and a half years now and we have just come up with a name and we were dumbfounded (laughs) we just like you had your really? four years? and you just come up with a name? I mean we covered 30% of the country with the purple angel by the time it took them to come up with a name it was incredible and that's the reason why, one of one of the many reasons why the Purple Angel was born.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's so important. And that's like a perfect example, too, because with these committees, people on the committees change. And so then it gets brought up again. And then it's like, oh, no, let's go over here. Or, let's go over there. Or the word, yeah, you know, the word changes, you know, of, you know, what do we call something? And it's just like. Leave it alone and we can educate from there. You know, we can give people other words to use, but it, you know, it's, it's like move forward because you're, you're spinning your wheels and not getting really critical valid information. I mean, even when we started using the word dementia, you know, there was a group in the U S and they're probably still out there that, oh, that means demented. And it's like, stop looking at the dictionary. You know, let's edu- let's educate what dementia is really yeah. about. It's about real people with real lives, and and they're in all stages and ages. You know, yeah. let's just get to let's let's educate people from there instead of trying to figure out the perfect word. Just like people don't like the word senior. Well, you know, but everybody knows roughly what that means, even though as we age, we might not like being called a senior. You know, yeah. <laughs> let's be able to figure out another name so leave it alone and move forward and deliver services that matter it's not about the title you know it, it it's I, I don't know I I'm, I'm such a grassroots girl you know I yeah. I, you know, I mean I love being creative I I like taking a risk I don't I don't look at things as failure I look at things as an opportunity and if it doesn't work hey you tweak it because if you're really going
2: to serve people, you're always going to be tweaking it. You've, you've got to change. I mean, this, this brings us on perfectly to the Purple Angel and now become a charity. Uh, we we was the largest community group in the world for years and years. And people said, oh, you've got to become this, you've got to become that. But I wanted to make sure we were established first. And Jane was fully compliant with this. And she understood, thankfully, what we meant. And we wanted to make sure that we were fully established and we had lots of things going on you know even before we may even mention the company charity um it's taken us it must be 18 months to push it through um because they didn't get us they didn't understand they'd say things to us like we get lots and lots of questions and they'd say things to us like well what do you charge for your membership in your cafe and we said we don't we don't charge anything all oh, right um well how many members have you got well average 40 50 a week and do they pay an annual membership no all oh, right well how's that work that and they didn't get it and i i you know we got to the stage where we wanted to say to them i take it you do understand what the word charity means don't you, <laughs> you know <laughs> but you know that's what it means charity you know And we had a hell of a fight to get this through. We really did, we struggled for 18 months. But a couple of months ago, we got our charity number three, um, which was absolutely wonderful. I could sleep for a week after. And it helps in some ways, because if we have to purchase stuff like paperwork and things like that, you know, you don't pay VAT on it. So the money that we fundraise for ourselves We'll be able to fundraise a little bit more, and save a bit more, because we don't have to pay certain things because we're now a charity. Um, but apart from that, nothing else has really changed. You know, <laughs> we're still <laughs> we're still ours, and we still do what we do, and uh, we always will do. We always will do. It wasn't about the status; it was just making sure that we had that to cover our backs when anybody said, "Are hey, you a charity or not?" We had the trolls saying, "Oh." Such a body said you was a charity. I said, "Well, we've never said we are. Somebody else might have done, but we've never said we are. But now we can. Yeah, now we can. We've got the number now. We know we can. So everything, most things, I write now. I put the charity number down, there, and I'm quite proud to do so.
0: Yeah, I've always been told oh. to to uh, apply for that. And I, my philosophy is: there's enough. There's enough nonprofits around. Nonprofits um need to start embracing working with people for profit and I'm for profit, but I'm telling you, I make a lot less money doing this than when I sold real estate, you know, and I invested all my life savings to do what I'm doing. I mean, I am invested, you know, mm-hmm. knee deep in this and, um, but I, I, there's a, there's a mentality anyways, in the U S of if you're for profit, that you're not for the people. And yet, a lot of the for profits are making less money than yeah. the yeah. non-profits. We don't make <laughs> and, and stuff. So it's it's a it's very very interesting. I want to talk about some of the other things that you're doing. We've talked about the memory cafe. We've talked about um, you know being ambassador is basically you know a, a title you can use that just says you're promoting awareness basically. And you guys have a lot of wonderful tools. For people to be able to use now you've also started the um, the the m p three program so let's 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 dive into that because that has changed lives and what you guys have done and who is using it is incredible and and before we go there, I have to mention these guys have gotten the purple angel on buses and trash hauling trucks. I mean, this is huge over there. It's not that big here in the U.S. You know, we, most places don't even have the sticker for the window because there's not funding and and they're kind of goofy around here too. They don't always like stickers, so we do them in frames. A lot of people do, um, but you guys, I mean, it's huge exposure. Over there, and now you're doing it with uh, the MP3. So Norms, tell us how how that came about, and in what exactly you call the MP3 program.
2: Yeah, well, it, it is called exactly that. It's called the Purple Angel MP3 program. Excuse me, form. Um, you can always talk when it's live, can't you? <laughs> ah, I forgot to switch it off. Schoolboy is the mp3 program um and it started in your wonderful country it started in in, in america with the uh, wayne mesker and he started it um doing recording things and recording favorite music by you know by artists and giving them to other people with dementia so i politely asked Wayne if we could do something similar but do it our way right because every country's different you know and I said, if we could do it our way anyway and tweak it a little bit. And he said, yeah, by all means, which was really, really good. And it has taken off immensely. We have the most heartbreaking stories of feedback, you know, coming back saying, there's people who, who hadn't spoken to their husbands or wives for months. But once they got the favourite music on, they suddenly came awake and said, what are you doing here? You know, through a croaky voice. We have people who, who started drinking again, you know, the fluids, they're eating better, they've still got dementia, but they're getting all the vitamins, the walking better, the sleeping better. They're being used for during the night when the people are very unsettled. It settles them down. The amount of feedback we've got is a forest problem, you know? And um, I have to say, hand on heart, we've done things at the Purple Angel and I'm sure um, Jane will tell you, um, that have worked and that haven't worked you know um, but this has to be one of our biggest successes because we are making a tangible proof to people's lives we are seeing people are sending us videos of people with the, with the MP3s I'm playing and singing word for word the songs but they want to have a conversation half an hour before that because they'd lost the ability to converse you know and we get so many videos and so many pictures like this, but it's all, it's been hard work. It's been hard work. We've had to do this. I just spent the last day emailing personally, individually, over 55 care homes saying we have these. Would you mind, you know, do you want them? And they're absolutely, and people say, what's the catch? how can you give these away for free because the cost money we say we do it through fundraising and that's the way we do it um we have a huge care company uh, that's just come on board now that started to take these and the better news is we also supplied a lot of missing homes and hospitals in northern ireland uh, which is part of the uk to covid patients who was on the ventilators because the ventilators make so much noise they had the mp3 place to calm them down while they were really really, really really and apparently it was a huge success so it, it, i i can honestly say i'm sure jane has something to say about it as well but i can honestly say this has been one of the, the biggest successes we've ever done and we will fight and fight and fight to raise funds for this and we will carry on doing it because we can see the difference when you get people saying noems You give me my mum back. My own mum come back, might have only been for 10 minutes, or for a week, and now she's passed away. It doesn't matter. I saw my own mum back to life, and that's the only why we need. Yeah, absolutely. Jen knows the sound. Yeah, music is so powerful, and
0: there's so much research behind this, too. Um, I know we have videos of my mom um, with a a gal who was singing and playing guitar and, you know, she was going to um, do a session for an hour. Mom only lasted about a half an hour. And I have probably, I don't know, six, seven short clips and, you know, she'd be sleeping and then she'd wake up and she'd smile and her hands would start going. And, you know, I can have the worst day of my life and just be at rock bottom. And I play one of those and it just calms me down and it softens my heart. and and I'm just in a much better place after two or three minutes of watching her be so joyful.
2: You know, yeah, I, think, I think that's the, the reason why we do is, And the re, the way we do it the bespoke. So these MP3s are individual to the person. It would be very easy. And I get emails so many times and saying, oh, yeah, anything by Elvis Presley, anything by, you know, Little Richard, <coughs> or take that or whoever. But the point is, we don't want any of those tracks to upset them because music can take you to a wonderful place, but it can also take you back to a very sad place. So we try and ensure that we get the right music and we ask for the songs that, as far as they were aware, are their all-time favourite songs with the artist because we don't want to get the artist wrong either. You know, there are some artists that I love singing songs And there are some artists I can't stand singing the same song. (laughs) You know, we 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 do try to copy everything, you know, and and, and it's worked. It's worked. It's incredible.
0: That's wonderful, Um, Jane. I know you guys have worked with like the ambulance and things too, with the MP3s, which again makes so much sense because that is a just a terrifying time for anybody you know, and um, what's the response
1: then for that? Um For the ambulances, we've had uh, great re- results with it. Um The service conducted a survey of it all, and they came back saying that it's it reduced anxiety for patients in the ambulances by over 50%. Um If we can do that, that's, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, it, I gather they can't use them in helicopter rescue situations because they they have um, earphones on already. Mm-hmm. But I would have thought that the music could perhaps go through that headphone set. Um, it's something else to look into in the future. And uh, there's always another idea. <laughs> yeah, Well, and, and it's just, it's
0: so powerful. And you know, one of the things that I love about working in this dementia space is I haven't found one thing that's good for dementia that's not good for everybody, you know, and so the practices in the in the ambulance doesn't have to just be for a dementia person you know, it can be can be for anybody being kind, being patient, you know giving somebody a few more seconds to respond you know those those are all things that you know, help us learning to, to let go of our need for control, you know, and be in the moment. I mean, those are all such positive, positive lessons, you know, for, for all of us there. Um, I wanted to mention if people want to kind of see what the power of this music does, there is a, a video on YouTube called Alive Inside that really shows it. And there's a whole film that you can watch like on Netflix or something like that. Um, but it's amazing. And they take people with dementia, they take people with psychiatric disorders, um, post-traumatic stress. I mean, all different types of things. And you just see these significant changes almost immediately, um, in these people. And then it shows over, over a longer period of time to, what happens. And not just to the person wearing the headphones, but let's say they're living in community, you see the whole room change because the room sees, you know, maybe somebody who was crabby or who was um, agitated or who was just totally withdrawn all of a sudden becomes alive, becomes pleasant, has a smile on their face. And the whole room sees that and then they change and they, you know, they become believers and.
2: It's it's just incredible. It it really is this whole ripple. We've had reports from hospitals in waiting rooms and we all know how long and how boring that can be, where people have been had their headphones on and singing and the whole waiting room is joined in. If you want them to sing in. With <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, very, very neat. Now, Norms, you also do a lot of writing. Your posts are you know if you don't follow um, Norms and Jane on Facebook, you should because they are both such great resources. Norms does a lot of writing um, very honestly about his journey, and you know he he explains the good, the bad, the ugly, um, you know his his gratitude, what he'd like to see changed in the world um, but they're um they're just so authentic and so powerful, and you've written a few books. Um, as well,
2: and you—if I'm not mistaken—didn't you write the song for the Purple Angel too? The Purple Angel has the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, well, yeah, it's, it has a couple
1: actually. <laughs> but yeah, for the original
2: Yard, I wrote the song within my mind. Yes, uh, which is also available on YouTube. Um, <laughs> let's just put it within my mind, Purple Angel. Um, you can listen to it there. And then we have a wonderful singer called Jennifer Bolton. Uh, I wrote the song, I co-wrote it with Jennifer and, uh, and the producer John Purser and that's called The Angels Will Listen on YouTube. So yeah, I, I, I love writing, I love writing songs. Uh, there is one in the offing at the moment, but it's, the, it's not Purple Angel, it's just, it's just a love song. But it's the same producer that uh, wrote the music for the Within My Mind. Um, Rob Young is the musical producer, so we're, we're working on one of the moments, shall we say. Okay. But it's related, but um, I can't tell you what it is related to until we, until we tell everybody.
0: Now, the other thing that we haven't talked about the RAD program. So, um, Jane, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've been collating the um, events over the past few years and they've steadily risen and risen. I think last year was 126 events. Um, They're they're various in how they are. Some are big events, but a lot of them are smaller events in care homes, which is bringing music to residents in care. Um, Some are actually private parties, but they can still be part of it because you're still raising awareness within your own party. Uh, Yeah, it's just carried on and carried on. We're working together with Wayne Mesker, as Norm said. And it was a great shame to have to cancel this year's events. I managed to get one done at my memory cafe, so I had two, one at the beginning of March and one at the end, and I had to cancel the one at the end. Um, So that was a bit of a pity. Um, I think there were a lot of events that were raising money for the MP3 players that never took place so again we've lost out quite a lot um, on the funding on that kind of thing but it doesn't have to be about funding it doesn't you don't have to raise funds at all it's literally just a musical event that you can take part in have fun and just raise awareness of dementia at the same time
0: some people will just have events in their home and just have friends over i mean
2: it's yeah that, uh, it matters not how small or big like the event is and as jane said it's not about the fundraising either and we're not precious. If anybody would like to raise funds for the MP3s, please do. But if you'd like to raise funds for your own dementia charity, whoever it is, then please do that as well. You know, we, we don't mind. We really don't mind. As long as you just let us know what you're doing and on what date you're doing it, and we will put you on a world map. And We will tell the world that, you, you know, you've joined in. I think the hardest thing I had to do this year was to announce to everybody we had to cancel 120 world events globally. I've never had to do that before in my life, and and because it is a global thing, it's like, it was a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I did leave it and leave it and leave it, but I we had to do it. It was the common sense thing to do. Uh, but I'm sure, as Jane knows, and most people within the group know, we're going to bounce back bigger and better next year.
1: Yes.
2: And uh, and of course, we've got Yil Arsenal from um, the Philippines. Mm-hmm. On board now, so we're hoping to have Malaysia, Japan, and other countries in Asia join us as well. So, yeah, and we think it's going to be bigger and better.
0: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't stepped up to do one of those, but I actually we were working on trying to do one this year, and we were going from one size, and it was starting to get bigger, and I and my gut was screaming, "We can't do this. We can't. We're just not supposed to do this this year." And I and I pulled the plug on it a little bit before COVID hit, and it's like, oh, this is why I pulled the plug on it. You know, my my intuition was just screaming at me: this is not going to happen this year. And I didn't, but I I didn't know why. Um, <clears throat> I but I've got a really nice team of musicians that are really excited about getting involved, and and so oh. yeah. So hope hopefully next year. I don't know if we can get things under control here in the U.S. The <laughs> we're
2: going, who oh, no. knows? Well, the, the, first, the first one we ever did, the first had, we ever did, we held it at a huge Riviera Centre
0: mm-hmm. in
2: Turkey and um, it was attended by oh, 18, maybe 19 choirs and we had the Lion Star and we had major attractions and we had hundreds of hundreds. And because we're just self-funded, we had to pay to put that on, you know? And um, we had people donating and donating for the tables and that, and it's a very, very little-known fact. But we actually spent thousands of pounds putting that on out of money that people had donated. And when we counted all the pennies up at the end, we actually made one pound fifty-six pence profit, <laughs> which is about a dollar. One dollar, <laughs> and we actually made one pound fifty-six. Well, true. And I promised I promise my steering group I would never put them through it again. Yeah. Uh, that's the reason why we don't do it. We don't do it that big. Yeah. Just keep it small now because it was a very worrying time. But we yeah. did get our money back and it was well worth it because seven years down the line and we're still doing it now.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's so fun to see all that you guys have have accomplished and I know there'll be more stuff coming because that's just how you to work, you know um and and that's it's it's neat and you know one of the the biggest gifts that I've gotten out of dimension norms was uh actually connecting with you um you you've just been a life changer for me in terms of how I look at things um you you helped empower me and, and I always had the belief that we could do better. Um, But watching you lead by example and then sharing, you know, what is happening around the world has made me want to share even more what people are doing and how they're doing it. Because there are so many wonderful resources that people don't know about because they're not in their backyard, because they're not in the in the phone book, if that even exists anymore, you know, Uh, and and that mentality, I think sadly um, still resonate significantly with a lot of organizations that they think it, it has to be right here. And it really doesn't, you know, you can get great ideas and, and people can start, you know, by taking ideas from other people and not in a mean way taking, because, no. it's, because this is shared. I mean, people want, want to share. It's a whole different philosophy. It's, it's kind of for the, the better good. Of the world, and then you customize it to what's really going to work in your area. What are your resources? What are your needs? You don't have to do it exactly the same because you know no community is the same. And starting something is better than nothing. You know, even if we can get that mind frame passed along, just
2: well, step forward, step
0: back. Yeah, yeah, or standing still, even you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so we have to we have to get people over the fear of failure or what will people think? And you know, my mind frame has always been I would rather
2: try than than do nothing. Me too. Me too. Only well, only percent. Yeah. Yeah. So what's,
0: uh, what's the website in for people? www.purpleangel-global.com Well, sounds good. This has been a fun conversation. I, I can't thank you guys enough uh, for taking the time and, um, and sharing your wonderful, wonderful work with the world. So thank you.
2: Thank you very much for having
0: us,
1: Laurie. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you to you, Laurie. Oh, thank you. You've done a lot to help us get this word out a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, good. I try. Like I said, that's the whole point of Alzheimer's Speaks is to raise all voices and to to level the playing field from the little guy to the big organization. People have the right to know all their choices and all the resources that are out there. And, um, you know, I will continue on with that. I, I just think that that's critically important. Yeah. Thank
2: you. And I'll be reminding you about March next year, Rod.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've already decided Laurie's going to do a kitchen dancing session. <laughs> I'll do a TikTok. <laughs> <Thank you. Yeah. laughs> I'll
0: get my granddaughters in with me.
2: Hey everybody, Jared Sebasti, host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements.